Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting at verse 1. I'm just going to read down through the first 14 verses. And uh, Tegan, you might have to just keep up with me. I'm going to skip around a little bit here this morning. Uh, so in the New King James Version, the Bible says, Now it shall come to pass. This is Moses speaking, God speaking through Moses. Now it shall come to pass. Now it shall come to pass. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your faith. That means you're going to see them be defeated. It's not going to be a secret. You're going to see them be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee seven ways before you. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left. 
to go after other gods to serve them. If, 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 if. The Lord is giving us a little insight here into the way things work in his kingdom. This past Wednesday, those who were able to come out to Bible study, Sister Dietra talked a little bit about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? God is the king of the kingdom. Heaven is the kingdom. And it is basically God's way of doing things. It's the way he does things. It's not the economy that we're used to. It's not the world's economy. It's not the world's forgiveness. It's not the world's mercy. It's not the world's grace. It's not the world's relationships. It's not the way that we're used to seeing society deal with things. God's way of doing things. Can we just settle in our heart this morning that I am blessed, you are blessed to be a blessing because you are a peculiar people you are citizens of the kingdom of God now, I know you live in Indiana maybe you're from st. Louis maybe you're from LA maybe you're from New York I don't know where you were born but you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and here you are a pilgrim passing through but being a pilgrim passing through, you are also an ambassador of Christ. And so what does that mean to be an ambassador? When you think about an ambassador in a foreign country, I'm sure some of you have watched movies where, uh, you know, the, the, the embassy is in a foreign country. And when you step on the grounds of that embassy, you're really on foreign territory. Even though here we are in Munich, Germany, when I step on the grounds of the Japan Embassy, I am really on sovereign Japanese soil. And that ambassador represents the Japanese people in a Japanese way of doing things. You are an ambassador of Christ. So though you are here on earth in Indiana, the ground that you step on is not only holy ground, but the ground that you step on is the kingdom of God. It's sovereign soil. I want you to understand that this morning. Because Moses told the people, you're blessed when you come in. Sovereign ground, holy ground, where you step. You're blessed when you go out. You're blessed when you come and when you go. We need to understand this morning that no matter what the circumstances are around us, we got to stop depending on our circumstance. It's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to amen it. It's one thing to say it. But it's another thing to have a deep revelation of it and live it. And so until we start living it, change won't come to our own life. We need to understand this morning the definition of blessed. When you are blessed, you can say, I am chosen. I am favored and deeply loved by God who seeks ways. Do you know God is just looking for ways to bless you and then use you to bless others? I will freely, this is your declaration, I will freely take all that I am given and use it to bless others. 
You know, the one thing about the blessing of the Lord, I was listening to a message and I was listening to some songs and I was hearing how people were talking about, I'm just blessed. I get blessing after blessing and the Lord blessed me in this way and I received that and I was blessed that way and I received some money so I was blessed that way in my house and in my relationship with my wife I was blessed that way and I got an increase over here and, and that was a blessing and all of that and I believe that those are blessings but there is something that God wants us to understand. He wants us to get into his spirit that there is a blessing, a blessing and it's not a house, it's not a car. It's not a relationship. It's, it's not finances. There is a blessing. It is an anointing that when you obey the Lord, God places upon you. And that's how you know I'm blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. That's how you know I'm the head and not the tail. I am above only and never again beneath because I have the blessing on me. The blessing of Abraham. He told Abraham, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will make your name great that you would bless others. He has a purpose for it. And so I think that a lot of us seek the blessing of the Lord. Lord, I, I seek your blessing. I need your blessing. But we're not understanding that you have to get the purpose down in you before you can go to God and, and get the blessing. And the purpose is so that you'll bless others. Yes, that's what it is. The blessing is a transmission, come on, or endowment of the power of God's goodness and favor poured into my life. Now it's way, it doesn't matter. Now all the other things don't matter. All of the, the, the car that I need, the job, all of those things don't matter. Because if you seek first, come on, Matthew 6.33, the kingdom of God and whose righteousness? His righteousness, then how many things will come upon you? All of these things, everything you need, including the desires of your heart, because he gives those to you as well. Come on. All of these things shall come upon you. The Bible says that the Spirit of God told Moses to relate to his people that I, the Lord, will command the blessing. God is the commander. God's word never returns void. What you to understand this morning, I'm not giving you, I'm not trying to make you feel good to tell you you're blessed and highly favored. I'm not trying to pump you up. I'm not just trying to preach to you so that you'll go out and have a few catchy sayings. I'm just trying to preach to you the word of God. What God is trying to tell you this morning to get into your heart. This is the God that you serve. A God who seeks ways to bless you that you might bless others he told Abraham I will make you into a great nation I will bless you I will make your name great and you will exemplify the blessing wherever people go wherever you go people will look at you and say wow I don't know what it is about that person but that person is blessed and you will draw people to the kingdom of God this should be our declaration. In fact, let this be our declaration. Let, let us say this together. The power of the blessing declaration. Let's say this together. I want you to look at it, put it in your heart. Let's say this together. Here we go. One, two, three. Let the power of the blessing of God come upon me and overtake me. 
Let it invade every area of my life and lift me to another level that is high above my old life and all my enemies. Yes, please, Lord, bless me now. I am blessed. I am blessed. And the reason we can make that declaration is because we understand, we understand that we are blessed to be a blessing. God can trust you with the anointing. He can trust you with the blessing because the desire of your heart is to bless others. It's to bless others. Our focus so much, so many times, is so much on receiving the blessing because we're worried about what we're going through, our hard times and our hardships. Often when we testify, we spend 10 minutes on all the things that are going wrong and two minutes on what God did. Don't glorify your mountain. Don't glorify your mountain. We all have mountains that we have to get over. You have to go through it. We all, Jesus went through a storm. Come on, he walked on water through the storm. We all have storms we have to go through, but don't glorify the storm. Glorify the God in the storm. The, th the three Hebrew boys were in the fire, but they didn't glorify the fire. Now, they could have testified and said, yes, that fire was hot. Nebuchadnezzar was mean. It was a tough time that we had to go through. He just didn't understand us. And they grabbed us and it was rough and they just threw us in there and we didn't want to go in there and it was hard and uh, we were scared and we didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, we, we kind of knew God was going to be with us, but it was just a scary time because when he looked over there, the fire was too hot to even look. And we, you could spend all the time you want on the fire. But they didn't do that. They said, you could throw us in the fire. Fire's hot. But if you do, God is still God. If he saves us, he's God. If he doesn't save us, he's still God. <laughs> but we know he'll be with us in the fire. Don't glorify your mountain. We need to understand the power of the blessing. Because last week we talked about being positioned to be blessed. We talked about how it's not a physical position, right? It's a spiritual position. So if you've given your life to the Lord this morning, if you've asked Jesus into your life, if you've made him Lord over your life, if you've confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he filled you with his spirit, come on somebody, then you have positioned yourself to be blessed. If you're in a place where you're saying, my heart will be obedient to you, Lord, you are in a position to be blessed. And there is a power of blessing. You know, this is Moses' declaration. This is, this is Moses' message to his people. This is about a covenant life with God. This is not just about uh, being blessed in the field or being blessed in the city. This is not just about being the head and not the, ta the tail. This is about living a life being blessed and blessing others every day, day in and day out, despite all of the circumstances that come against you. That's what this is about. This is about a life, not an event. These blessings can be ours through Christ and his spirit can be on us. We inherit the blessing of the Lord when we obey his voice. When we obey his voice. Now, you, you look at Moses Moses was an interesting character. 
Moses was a person that had a before and after picture. Come on. Have you ever seen before and after pictures of people? Maybe you saw somebody, uh, you know, who was on a diet. I know I was watching a show one time, and I missed the first part of it. And I saw this lady run out, and she was so happy. And, uh, you know, she had lost some weight. And I was kind of, I'll just be honest with you this morning. Can I be honest? I, you know, I was kind of looking at her going, well, I, I, don't, I wonder why she's so happy. I, I'm just being honest with you. I, I was saying, well, what, you know, until, and I missed it. So I rewound it, and I saw the before picture. Some people in here, before, some people don't understand why you're so happy, why you're rejoicing, because they look around you and they see your circumstances. But they haven't seen your before picture. They haven't seen what God has brought you through. They can't see just how deep in the hole you were. They can't see how sick you were. Come on, somebody. They can't see the change that the enemy had on your life. And when you gave your life to the Lord, when you said, I surrender all, and God began to bust those chains, and he reached down with his hand, pulled you up out of the miry clay. He set your feet on a rock, and he established your going. They didn't see all that. All they're seeing is the after picture. That's all they see. Moses was a man who had a before and after picture. Moses, Moses was a man who was out of place because he was born a Hebrew, but he immediately went into the Egyptian palace, and he was raised an Egyptian out of place. Moses was a man who was an outcast, committed adultery, had to run away, couldn't be where he wanted to be, where he grew up, had to go to the backside of the desert. Moses was a man who was outmatched. God told him, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. All it is is me and Aaron against Pharaoh's court, all his magicians, all of his might. Moses was a man who was outmatched. But then Moses got his people to the Red Sea. And when he saw the Red Sea split, Moses was a man who was outdone. He couldn't believe it. I can't believe it, where I've come from. Moses was a man who had a before and after picture. And I'm telling you that about Moses to let you know that you can believe Moses' words when he says that the, the blessing of the Lord is upon you if you obey the Lord's voice. Why should we listen to him? Because he's been through it. He's been through it. See, to be blessed means to have the capability to succeed over adversity. To be blessed doesn't mean that you don't have adversity in your life, but it means that you, you have the capability to succeed over adversity. We're not there yet, Tegan. We'll get there in just a minute. But blessed to be blessed means that, that speaks not only to the end of a thing, but it speaks to the process. Come on, we're always looking for the, I don't know, maybe I can't say we, I can't speak for everybody else. I know for me, when I think about being blessed, I'm looking to the end of the thing. I'm looking to the, when I'm promoted and when I'm on top, and I'm looking to when the bill's already paid off, and I'm looking to when everything is already done. But when God puts the blessing upon you, the Bible says, now faith, now faith. When he puts it upon you, even though we're going through the process, even though we're waiting for the manifestation of that thing to come to pass, the blessing is already upon you. Don't wait to praise God until you think that you see the blessing. Understand that the blessing is already upon you. It's already upon you. You are a blessed person. 
In the, ver the, the first two verses of Deuteronomy 28, the message version puts it this way. It says, if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, remember we got to position ourselves. It can't just be the voice of God. It has to be your God. Come on. And heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today. God, your God, will place you on high. High above all the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you. What we have to understand. And you have responded to the voice of the God of your people. The God of your fathers. Your God. The blessed person. Here you go, Tegan. The blessed person loves God. The blessed person hears God. You have an ear to hear God. The blessed person responds to God's voice. Most of all, the blessed person obeys God. Obeys God. That is the key. You know, it's interesting. I probably shouldn't say this right now, but we're doing this, uh, you know, talking about being blessed for five weeks. God just give me all this material. But you know what it really boils down to? Obeying the voice of God and being blessed. <laughs> Could all be wrapped up in that. Obey. You know what faith really is? Obeying the voice of God. Speaking the word in every situation that you have. You want a blessed life? Obey the voice of the Lord your God so that all these blessings will come on you. Another version says it will come on you and stay with you. We have to understand. See, we're, we're, you're New Testament Christians. You're living in the grace dispensation, whereas the Holy Spirit, it fills you, and the Holy Spirit is always with you. God doesn't put the Spirit on you, anoint you, and then take it off. Put it on you and take it off. Put it on you and take it off. It's with you always. Good times, bad times. Somebody's talking about you. Holy Spirit's still with me. The anointing is still with me. I can make it through. There are just certain people God has anointed us to go through. You know, I, I used to wonder, I used to wonder in, in my job, I used to wonder uh, even playing sports. When I was in high school playing sports, me and another guy, this guy, we, we both played basketball. Basketball was never really my thing. I loved basketball, but I just, you know, wasn't all that great at it. And I mean, it doesn't help that I was short, but, uh, you know, we, we played basketball. And this guy, he was my same height. Same build, you know, and uh, we did the same practice and gym class and all this kind of stuff. We shot the same amount of free throws and all that. But there was just something about when we, we played in competition, there was something about the way that he shot, the ball went in. And I'd look at him and I'd shoot the exact same way and I'd make it about half the time. And then I'd look at him and say, well, there must be something different that he's doing. And I would study exactly what my friend would do. He would shoot the ball and it would come off his hand and he was that he's this far away from the bucket and all of that. And I do the same thing. I'm this far away from the bucket. I do the same exact thing, come off my hand the same exact way, and it would just go in about half the time. And I always wonder what in the world is it that he has that I don't have in just making that shot. I'm not talking about dunking the ball. I'm not talking about doing some fancy move. I'm not talking about all that. Just shooting a shot. What what is the difference. What is the difference? And I believe that he just was anointed to do that. He just had a favor. He just had a gift. He just had a talent to do that. There are certain people that are put in certain positions. You could do the exact same thing that they do, and they'll excel at it. They just excel at it. They just know how to do it. 
There's certain places God will put you, and, 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 and you will just excel at it. Cooking is another thing. We were talking about this uh, with our kids. You know, you have the same recipe, I, and, and this has happened to me. I, I've had the same recipe. I have, call, I have called my wife and said, how do I make these mashed potatoes? Take the potato, and I listen, listen, take the potato, number one. Number two, peel the potato. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it exactly, Jeff. I'm doing everything exactly. Boil the potato. <laughs> Cut the potato in this many pieces. Put this much butter in there. This, these ingredients, this much salt. Mash them up. Put it on the plate. I wouldn't eat those potatoes if somebody paid me to eat those potatoes. My wife would come home and do the, and I'm watching her. You're doing the exact same thing. I did it. I mean, those potatoes are so delicious. I couldn't believe it. What is it? What is the difference? What's the difference? God anoints us. And listen, as Christians, there is just something God puts on us. There is an anointing of God that can't be duplicated with work. We, need, we have to work. You, have, you must work. But, it, but the blessing of the Lord cannot be duplicated with work. There's no amount of work we can do to earn the favor of the Lord. All he wants is our obedience. He wants our heart. He wants our heart. You're, you're, you're blessed. God, and he'll bless you wherever you choose to live. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. Wherever you live, you're blessed in that place. You could go to a town that uh, it, the economy is terrible in that town. People, but not for you. You go to that town and all of a sudden you start prospering. But not only that, you cause the town to prosper just because you're there. I remember reading a story about the Apostle Paul. He was on a boat, and they went through a storm. This, now, the name of the storm in the Bible is called Eurachlodon. I don't know. That just sounds like a bad storm. I mean, I, I, you know, that name just said Eurachlodon. Eurachlodon is coming. Well, I'm not staying here. Eurachlodon is coming. And he went through this storm called Eurachlodon, and it split the whole boat in half. Everybody should have been killed in this storm. But guess what? Everybody was saved. Not because they were great people, not because they were great swimmers, but because Paul was on the boat. Because the anointed man of God was there in their midst. There are places God is going to put you as a blessed person that everything around you will be blessed because you're there. But you have to remember it's for his glory. The moment you start taking the glory unto yourself, the blessing goes away. Come on, somebody. God will bless you to meet your daily needs. That's, that's the story of the, that's the example he was giving us of the manna in the Old Testament. Don't worry about yesterday's manna. I have new manna for you today. God will bless your daily needs. And I want to tell you something. That's one of the hardest ways to live, is to live depending on God day to day to day. But it's the easiest way to be blessed. <laughs> Come on, just depending on God every day. New mercies, new grace, everything is new, new. A new morning, it's new today. God has blessings for you today. And what we have to get in our spirit is that the blessed person is a generous person. The blessed person is a generous person. And I, you know, we talked about it last week. We're not just talking about your finances. We're talking about a generous person. I'm not just talking about a person who gives to others. I'm talking about it's in your character to be generous. 
of your time, of your money, of your knowledge and wisdom, of your sacrifice, of all of those things. A blessed person is a generous person. Psalm 37, 21 puts it this way. It says, the wicked borrow and never pay back. But good people are generous with their gifts. In other words, a wicked person borrows, but they, they, they don't have it in them to repay. They borrow knowing they're not going to pay it back. <laughs> but a righteous person is generous and giving. Those who lend generously are good people. Psalm 112. God said that. All goes well for the person who is generous and lends willingly. He earns an honest living. Good person lends lavishly. This has nothing to do with uh, you being a placemat and people taking advantage of you because it's about your heart. God, God, is, God is not unfaithful that he doesn't know the situations that you're in, that he doesn't give you the spirit to be able to discern in every situation. He's not unfaithful. See, remember, we have to be positioned. That's why we talked about that first. If you're in position, if your heart is aligned with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, then the anointing and the blessing is upon you. You'll be able to discern in every situation. If you have a heart to give, you'll know every situation what to do. How much? How do I do it? And guess what? You won't have to, listen, I know Paul said, pray without ceasing. I know it. That means we are, we're always in touch with God. But that also means that you don't have to go back into your closet every time you need to make a decision. Come on now. I'm talking about the blessing and the anointing is upon you. You are praying without ceasing by always being in touch with God. Always being, he abides in you, his word abides in you, and you abide in him. If you do that, you're always praying without ceasing. In every situation, you'll be able to discern what to do and what not to do. To give, not to give. How much to give? What should I do, Lord? You'll be able to discern those things. Proverbs 14, 21 says, whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner. Now, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. I don't know what your neighbor did to you. I don't know if their fence is on your yard. I don't know what happened with your neighbor. I don't know if their dog came over. I don't know what happened. But I'm just telling you, the Bible in Proverbs 14, 21 says, whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner. But blessed is he who is generous to the poor. That's why we're here, to be givers. We are blessed to be generous givers. We are motivated to practice generosity because God has freely given to us. Freely you receive, freely, freely give. And the generous giver has a generous giver's life. <laughs> Listen, you are blessed to give generously by the giving culture. It, we, we see it in the New Testament churches. Now, we don't have to do exactly what they did, but the Bible in Acts chapter 4 says that, uh, you know, the, the, the Christians there sold all of their property and all of their land, and they brought it together so that no one would be in lack. Now, when you have a heart like that, expect that God is going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He, the Bible says, talks about tithing, but it's talking about he will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you do not have room enough to receive. But our issue is this. We're focusing on getting blessed from God. And it, you know, here's the catch 22. <laughs> here's the catch 22 with the kingdom of God and the kingdom culture is that in order to be blessed by God, we can't focus on being blessed by God. We have to focus on blessing others. So if you want to get blessed by God, don't focus on being blessed by God. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
you want to get blessed by God, be focused on blessing others, and you'll never have to worry about being blessed by God. The blessing will always be there for you. Always be there for you. The, the, the generous giver sees the call. It's a culture. It's a culture. And blessed to give generously by faith. Our faith is in a good and giving God. God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He gave. He showed us how to give. There's nothing more that he could give than his own life. You're blessed to give generously toward others' dreams, believing God will fulfill your own dreams. You want your dreams to be fulfilled? Help someone else fulfill their dreams. You want your own, you want to get a promotion? Help someone else get a promotion. Doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound right, does it? it it's, you know, that's, that's not the world's way of doing things. I mean, if I want a job and I want to get a promotion, I've got to outshine the other person. I mean, if Brother James is there and I'm there, then I got to, I'm, I'm saying, I'm a, this brother dresses pretty nice. I'm going to have to dress a little better. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he's looking pretty good. He has a good vocabulary. I got to, I need to get some more words in there. Come on, that's, that's, the, that's the world's culture. But the kingdom culture says, I'm going to do everything I can to, to help him get a promotion. And then God will promote me. Well, how? Don't worry about how. <laughs> Remember, we're focusing on others. If you want to get blessed, you want to get blessed. You're blessed to give generously to others' dreams. I came across this story. True story, you can look it up. Alex Lemonade Stand, this little girl... She was named Alex, and she was diagnosed with a childhood cancer. And she, she was diagnosed before her first birthday. But when she turned four and she learned how to talk, she told her parents that she wanted to set up a front yard lemonade stand to help raise money so that doctors could research this type of cancer to save other children, not herself. She, she said, I know where I'm at, but I want to help raise money so that doctors can find a cure so that the next child that gets this, they can find a cure for it. That was her heart. Well, she set up her lemonade stand, and people heard about it, and her first lemonade stand made $2,000 in one day. People heard about what she was doing because it was for others. And while bravely fighting her own cancer, she continued to set up lemonade stands every year. And as news spread of the remarkable girl so dedicated to help other sick children, people everywhere were inspired to set up their own lemonade stand. It's a true story. True story. Look it up. Google Alex Lemonade Stand. And they were donating the proceeds to her cause. Back in 2004, she passed away at the age of eight. Her stand had inspired so many people that they had raised over a million dollars at that time to fight this cure for cancer. Alex Lemonade Stand Foundation was started by her parents in 2005, almost about, well, 15 years ago, to continue that work. And to date, they have raised more than $200 million. True story. Because of a little four-year-old girl who said, I'd like to set up a lemonade stand in my front yard to help fight cancer for others. For others, for others, give to someone else's dream. You're blessed to give generously by God's divine economy of receiving and giving. Receiving and giving. Position yourself to receive so that you can give. This is a divine perspective, folks. It all comes back, and, and it comes back with more when you give. God doesn't owe anyone. I remember there's an old song that says you can't beat 
God giving. You can't outgive God no matter how hard you try. You can't do it. Try it. Dr. Luke said, Jesus said, give and it will be given back to you. Give it and it and it, whatever it is. Give and it will be given back to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure, come on somebody, that you use, it will be measured back to you. Every time we have offerings, Sister Dietrich quotes 2 Corinthians about sowing sparingly. You ever heard that? Sowing sparingly? What happens if you sow sparingly? You reap sparingly. You reap sparingly. <laughs> Come on. Proverbs eleven twenty four. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. I'm talking about kingdom ways here this morning. There's one who scatters, yet increases more. I don't understand that. And there is one who withholds more than what's right, but leads to poverty for that person. Mm, mm, mm. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. So if you want to be watered, think about watering others.